Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I think I'm a natural-born competitor, so that's what I'm here to do. But at the same time, being a great teammate is more important. Uh, I think they're putting... uh, um, uh, things around me, Davis, Case, and the quarterbacks to be successful um, and lead this team to win. So I'm excited to be in that room uh, to push each other, but at the same time help each other, which is more important. I mean, since I've been drafted in the NFL, I've been in competition. Um, I don't think anything's going to change, but I mean, it's been been great getting to know CJ so far. He's an extremely hard worker, um, and it'll be good to see how we go out there and compete every day and make each other better. Davis Mills is prime example of NFL player. If he came up to you on the street, you would say, who are you? Probably. That's Davis Mills. I hear you. There right. he is. Right. Also, one of those quarterbacks, and it shows he's destined to be a backup. There is a dynamic in the NFL where there's a cluster of backup quarterbacks who have interchangeable first names and last names. He could be Mills Davis. He could be Davis Mills. You're right. He is it is Davis funny. Mills. Right. And, and, and look, there... there you can't make it as far as he has. I mean, no disrespect. He played well at Stanford. He was a third-round pick. He became the starter. You can't do what he's done if you don't have confidence in yourself. And you don't just wad it up in a ball and throw it out the window because they drafted a quarterback. You're still there to prove yourself and show what you can do. And you still have that confidence. You're not going to show up and say, I surrender right. my prior starting job to the new guy. And and look, even if you know deep down you're not going to be the starter, by bringing a spirit of competition to the table, you make the new guy better. Matthew Hasselbeck used to take great pride in the fact that he legitimately competed with Andrew Luck to push him to make him better. He knew he wasn't going to be the starter, but he found a way to push. Yeah. And one way to push is to create an air of competition, even if the competition is rigged in favor of the guy who's going to be the starter. Yeah, that's right. And within doing that, you're going to make yourself better. You know, that, that's what you do. And that's why, you know, you, you, you put the pedal to the metal, you put your head down, you work and you do your best. You compete your butt off. 
and you see, wait, maybe who knows how this year shakes out, and I, hopefully I get a chance again. You said it right. I mean, Davis Mills does a lot of really good things. He knows how to play the position of quarterback. You know, it doesn't always look like it with wins and losses and the yards and the stats, but also those are team things. Their team hasn't been very good. Their offense has not been very good, right? Now, I'm not sitting there trying to defend him through that, but I think that's where we got to at least have a little reality to the situation, you know. And you said right, too. He played well at Stanford. He understands how to work the pocket. He's pretty smart. He sees the field well, right? He's a bigger man than people think. He moves a little bit better than you think, even though it's probably still below average movement from the NFL quarterback position in 2023, right? You know, arm is good to make all the throws. The problem is, is it's just that there's nothing elite. There's nothing in his game where you go, ooh, wow, that's special. Ooh, he's got a big-time arm or a big athlete or, you know, oh, he can throw the ball with a variety of releases. No, he doesn't. He's kind of mechanical and has the same release every throw all the time, right? He's kind of got below-average quickness of his release, right? So that's why he's, you know, being looked at to be relegated as a backup quarterback. He's a fringe starter. Right, who maybe can be cemented as a starter a little later in his career and improve some things and get some more experience, you know. But you know, overall, yeah, he's one of the better backups in football. That's how I kind of look at it when it's all said and done. You know, he can play the game, he can run the offense. I think if you give them the tools, he can make things a lot, a lot happen. But not going to do the backyard football stuff. Not going to be a necessarily an aggressive decision maker looking to change the game and make a play that way. Get on my back, guys. Do that. Likes to check down a little too much. I think those are probably be the negatives I have about Davis Mills. Those of you watching on Peacock saw the graphic. He's number thirty on the Chris Sims quarterback. Countdown. Those of you listening on Sirius XM 85, I apologize. I didn't mention it earlier. And he comes in five spots higher than last year and seven spots higher than the guy who presumably will be the starter for the Texans this year. He, he should be. Yeah. Stroud. Well, so, see, so I'm doing about, you know, like I said, right now, this moment, you know, training camp. Sure, I'm taking into little the rookies and what they're going to look like in training camp. I don't think C.J. Stroud is going to be as good as Davis Mills right away in training camp or in week one. I don't. But you play him nonetheless because there's the potential of C.J. Stroud passing him up in a hurry to where in week six or seven we go, okay, well, maybe he doesn't have the full variety of the playbook available to him like Davis Mills, but we can formulate a game plan with him because his physical ability is so much better that we can play a style and be just as effective and maybe more dangerous with the C.J. Stroud. And I think that's why you play him as long as he doesn't, you know, kind of fail miserably during training camp, and I expect him to be the starter. It's about what it will be, not what it is right now at the second. Yeah, I think Davis Mills is a little better than C.J. Stroud right now, as you can tell by my ranking. So how do you get the rest of the team to buy in yeah, because they're focused on right now. And you've talked about this in the past, the right. idea of Kenny Pickett going to Carolina last year when Sam Darnold was there and Darnold can throw it better than Pickett. Matt Corral possibly can throw it better than Bryce Young. How do you get the players on board with someone who doesn't seem to be the best guy for the job having the job under this idea that by the time we get to Halloween, yeah. he will be better. Well, I think they'll they'll be able to see that the physical ability is clearly better and that the potential is bigger, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing that players will be able to look at. So they're going to go, whoa, oh, okay, you know, all right, Davis Mills makes the right decision eight out of ten times. Stroud, you know, C.J. Stroud right now at six out of ten times. But, man, out of those six, 
he made three or four like, whoa, holy crap throws that Davis Mills cannot make or never made in his eight and will never make in his life. And I think that's where players will have to buy into it. And then they, from that, they have to hope now, hey, now it's up to our coaches to manage him and come up with the right game plan and work that around C.J. Stroud and do it that way. And that's where you know the players will buy into that, right? They'll, it's you know at the end of the day, it'll be that overall supreme athletic talent that Stroud has that's better than Davis Mills that will buy him time with the locker room to go. He's he's it's coming along. We're we're gonna be something once he gets there, and we just got to take a few lumps right now, and and the locker room can get around that. Next guy on the list. We're into the top 30 at number 29. A guy who made the Pro Bowl last year with a very large asterisk. How dare you put a Pro Bowl quarterback so low? Tyler Huntley, back up to Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. He comes in at number 29. And look, Huntley was a surprise to me in the offseason because he's done enough to, I think, attract positive attention throughout the league. He was available to any team with no compensation of the Ravens. All they had was the right to match. And if you give him a moderate to low-end starter contract as the offer sheet, I doubt the Ravens would have matched it because they were caught up in the whole what are we going to do with Lamar Jackson thing. And I don't think they were going to go all in with Tyler Huntley until they knew where things stood with Lamar Jackson. He was there for the taking, and no one tried to take him. And I think there may be a team or two out there that regrets that by the time it's all said. I I think so too, but it's something you've talked about before, and I think one of the biggest evidences of collusion in the NFL. It's like that that stuff doesn't ever happen. It never. It's like this unspoken rule where another element of the players having power, the coaches and the teams have got together and chopped it away and going, well, if a team you know, tenders this guy or makes him whatever, we're, we're not going to sign him. We won't do that. They obviously like him. I, I don't know. I'd be pissing the whole league off. I, I'd have been in the AFC North, and I would have signed Tyler Hundley and been like, screw you. Now you don't have a backup, Baltimore. Try to figure it out. You wanted to do that. I, I, I don't get that. It's, it's, the NFLPA should not let that go down. It's, it's, it's an unspoken rule that goes on in the NFL, and you've talked about it before. But Tyler Huntley, yeah. Tyler Huntley is, you know, like I said with Davis Mills, and I think better, is one of the best backups in football and a guy that I think can be a starter in the NFL. You know, first off, sneaky explosive arm. It is, it, he can make power throws where you go, whoa, that, that change field position. Whoa, he fit that into a window, and the game's a little different now. Athletically, you know, again, he's not Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, but damn, he runs really damn well. You better be ready to defend it. Quarterback design runs or scrambles. I mean, we saw him run well in the Cincinnati Bengals playoff game as well. He took over this year, and hey, they went through some rough spots. Their offense wasn't playing well. They had some injuries. They couldn't protect, so it didn't look pretty at first. It didn't, but it wasn't on him when I go back and watch the film. You know, good athlete, good runner, Mike. You know, and 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 he he understands the game, can read the field and the defenses, and brings an edge to the football team that is greater than most backup quarterbacks. And that's where I really like Tyler Huntley. Yeah, look, I I think that he has done some good things, and it's a great insurance policy for the Ravens to have. If and when Lamar Jackson gets injured, he'll be an unrestricted free agent next year, where there won't be this. 
And I think it comes down to something as simple as we won't mess with your restricted exactly. agents. You don't mess with ours. Right. Kind of the unspoken agreement. Yes. Maybe not collusion as clearly as we've seen it elsewhere, but there's something weird about it because anytime guys like that are available, you don't see the movement the way that I think it was intended yeah, when they I hear started this process some 30 That's years right. ago. Hey, he All can right. run the system. He can play backyard football like you talk about. He's tough as hell, you know, and he can make some plays outside the realm of the playbook, and that's what I like about Tyler Huntley. Sorry to, to interrupt. That's fine. Next up at number 28, a guy who took the Bengals to five straight playoff appearances before bouncing around the league. He was a longtime Cincinnati quarterback, and now he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. He's in Carolina as number 28. Andy Dalton, once again, back up higher than the guy who presumably will be the starter. And the signs in Carolina are clearly pointing sure. to Bryce Young, right. but Andy Dalton they could have done a lot worse as the guy who's the fallback to Bryce Young. That's right. I mean, he he might be the best of all these kind of guy experience, you know, be backup, could be starter, whatever there. Andy Dalton wasn't on my list last year. He was on the outside looking in. Andy Dalton, to me, was one of the pleasant surprises of my all my studies of these top 40 quarterbacks. I got to give the guy a lot of credit, you know. I kind of went into this as like, I kind of know what Andy Dalton is. I mean, come on, blah, 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 like whatever. Andy Dalton had a different year. Andy Dalton, here's the first thing that I really noticed when I was breaking him down. He, he of course, is very accurate with intermediate throws. He knows where to go with the football, right? Um, he's So he's always been good in that department. But two things that popped out from last year. One, he changed his mechanics and shortened his motion a little bit. Helped him get the ball out of his hand a little quicker. Helped him to throw the ball with power throws more accurately. And that was, you know, Andy Dalton through his career, to me, a hair too conservative and a hair too, wait, that guy's open for a 60-yard bomb and you threw a below average pass and now we only got 30 yards out of it. And we just got 30 yards and we got a field goal that should have been a walk-in 60-yard touchdown. Man, he was on the money last year with big-time throws. And you know me, I put a little more stock into that type of stuff, especially now, this day and age. You got to be aggressive. You got to make plays. And that's where I feel like he was a different guy last year. And I don't think I even gave it the credit it deserved during the season. When I went back and watched, I just went, oh, man, he was fearless, pushing the ball in the tight windows down the field and not always having a full array of healthy receivers around him. But uh, I thought he made some really nice adjustments to his game. And, uh, you know, that year in, in, in New Orleans, it catapulted him to maybe being the starter here in Carolina. Well, Jameis Winston got injured week three, and we never saw him again. Yeah, and when he was healthy, Dalton took over. Right, and Dalton now look two years removed from signing with the Bears, and remember the Bears put out the tweet QB one. Yeah, until he wasn't. That <laughs> happens every year. Guys will sign somewhere, and then they draft someone. But he knew going in that this is what was potentially going to happen in Carolina. Here's Andy Dalton from earlier in the week talking about helping Bryce Young become the best quarterback he can be. I mean, I, I know the situation that, that we're in here. I knew coming in that we were going to have the first pick and we were going to take a quarterback. And, um, you know, for me, that doesn't change my mindset of how I'm going about every single day. You know, I know the reality that this thing is going to be Bryce's at some point. Um, and right now, it's, you know, for me, it's to go just be me out there and to play like I can play and uh, practice how I expect to practice and do things like that and um, you know I think with part of that it's helping Bryce 
learn the NFL game and the mechanics of getting in and out of the huddle and all the little things that you need to learn going into it. You know what makes me feel more old than anything else we've discussed today? What's that? The fact that I vividly recall interviewing Andy Dalton when he was coming out of TCU, and now he has a patch of gray in his red beard. (laughs) He's been around a while. Yes, he has. And I still vividly recall talking to him and going back and forth about TCU in West Virginia back in 2011 when he was drafted. So, newsflash, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. He's he's had a really good career. He really has. And he's, you know, been at the the extremely good professional – says and does the right things, right? He can run an offense. He's not going to be the guy that carries your team, right? Like I said, the one thing is he did more than run the offense last year. He made some throws where I went, ooh, that was, you know, a a, a dicey – or not a dicey, a daring decision, and what a great throw. And he pushed the envelope a little bit more last year. And it's why the Saints kind of had a resurgence late in the year. And we'll see if he can continue to do that in Carolina but uh, and see how long he can kind of – you know, fight off Bryce Young before he takes over. By the way, I mentioned Jameis Winston. Yeah. He has yet to make your list. He ain't going to make one it. One specific individual yeah. in Indianapolis who is upset. <laughs> if you remember You're right. what happened, we were there with the combine. <laughs> He's going to be very upset when we go back next year. He's going to be waiting for us. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, I know. You right. did not put Jameis Winston. If only the Colts had Jameis Winston instead of Anthony Richardson, everything would have been different in 2023. I'm waiting for that (laughs) next year in Indianapolis. All right, let's take a break. Two more quarterbacks from the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. They share a quarterback room with the same team. We'll do that next year on VFD Live. I mean, there's two types of mobile quarterbacks. I mean, is it a type that you try to design runs for? Or is there a type who's got the athletic ability or just knack for making some off-schedule plays? And um, I think that, um, his knack for off-schedule plays has always been good. Um, when something's not there and he feels space in the pocket and he doesn't hesitate to run, uh, he's been able to do it very well. Sam bringing that element something that it helps a lot of stuff as long as he doesn't miss the other elements with it. And I think that's something you saw with Brock a, a good amount last year when he came in. I mean, people want to think of Brock as a runner, but... He is quick, he is athletic in the pocket, and he makes plays very similar to the way Sam does scrambling, and um, that's what we see in Sam, too. Kyle Shannon apparently finding a hat that he likes. He's very picky about his hat. Yes, he's he picky is. picky about his quarterbacks as well. Right, right. Sam Darnold, a guy he's liked for a long time, comes in at number 27. He finally gets a chance to work with him. They've been putting out these ideas that Sam Darnold's special thrower – it just There's a lot of buzz. Feel like they're trying to get us yeah. accustomed to the idea that if Brock Purdy isn't healthy or if he should get injured at some point along the way, it's not going to be Trey Lance. It's going to be Sam Darnold. I think they're trying to set us up for that. Definitely, I agree. They are. I think he's already made his mark on the team in a lot of ways. You know, you know, it's the people I talk to who cover the team out there. I, I told Pete and 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 uh, you know producer Matt Casey. You know, yesterday on text that there's real buzz, like people who follow the team, like the players are gushing about him a little bit. The coaches are gushing about him. And yeah, then therefore now the media is getting it out there a little too. And I think partly probably deliberately because of what you're saying, they're trying to get the fan base around. No, no, Sam Darnold's going to beat out Trey Lance. So everybody get ready for that. Right. 
You know, and hey, look at what Shanahan said. Hey, Mike, one of the things that Sam's awesome at is backyard football, doing all that type of stuff. He's awesome scrambling, moving. He's got incredibly quick feet. I mean, awesome feet. Some of the best feet in football. But, you know, within that, don't miss the play that's designed, like Shanahan said. Shanahan's going to have great plays, and that's one of the negatives with Sam Darnold. Sometimes the backyard football takes over then instead of just being surgical and run the offense and do all that. But, man, Sam Darnold's got all the ability to be a big-time quarterback. He does. He'd be one of those guys where I'd go, you know, he gets in the right spot, and he gets to show us all that he has and gets tweaked up and coached a little different in some areas. Like, he can make a huge jump. He could be in the top half of football for me in the quarterback rankings. The physical ability is there. It's one of the fastest releases in football. You could see he can push the ball down the field. Now, the thing that he's – and he's a good athlete. He can run, scramble, design, run. That's all there. So that's where you got to be excited if you're a 49er and he's playing. You know, And he's you know pretty smart, but here's the negative about him. Doesn't always have a great feel for the game – you know, doesn't always have a fake great feel for it. when I say the game, the situation. You know, like like uh, like, hey, the, just take this. The end of the year, they got the they got the Bucks on the ropes, right? I'm watching that film the other day. They got the Bucks on the ropes, and he they're up by a touchdown. They're moving the ball. They're in field goal territory. He throws a jump ball post route into double coverage, intercepted. Game never the same after that. There's too much of that in his career. Holding the ball too long, patting it, patting it, patting it, patting it. Somebody strips him and sacks him. Scrambles outside the pocket. Hey, just throw it away or run and get in two, three yards. Tries to throw some weird throw to get it up 10 feet and down 10 feet in in a six-yard span. It's the dumb stuff that Shanahan's got to work out of Sam Darnold. And partly that is because he's never been coached by really, really good coaches and been some bad situations. But, you know, there's some talent there, Mike. Well, and look, great quarterback coaches think they can coach those rough spots out. He hasn't played a lot of football grand scheme of things. That's he's right. He's not even 26 years old. Right. He's younger than Joe Burrow. He's younger than Daniel Jones. He's just getting started. That's he's right. He's been in New York where things didn't go well from the get-go. What a shock. A young Jets quarterback struggling. <laughs> Who would have guessed that yeah. a young Jets quarterback would struggle? And then the stuff in Carolina, not ideal. Now he gets an opportunity to work with a high-end quarterback coach. You know, both for Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield, we want to indict them on last year. They yes. were stuck in a bad situation That's in right. Carolina. That's right. With a head coach who wasn't suited to be an NFL head coach. And Ben McAdoo resurrected from getting thrown out of the Giants after just a couple of years. He was running the offense. It was a toxic, dysfunctional situation last no year. Doubt. So why are you hanging it on the quarterbacks? That's this right. is an opportunity for Darnold to shine. Way to go, Mike. You said it right. That's what I'm here to do. That's part of the exercise. I know I might not be right or people might not see it eye to eye, but that's what I'm studying the film and looking through, right? Going, wait, some of these things that everybody's pinning on you know, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, I'm going to go, I don't, we could get freaking Superman in here at quarterback. It ain't going to go any better. You know, they can't protect. They can't. Hey, tell me, how did Christian McCaffrey look in Carolina last year, Mike? Damn. I mean, if we went off that, then he's not one of the top running backs in football. He goes damn to San Francisco and we go, hey, he's awesome. He's a pro bowl. He's one of the best offensive players in football, right? Nobody wants to give the quarterback that benefit of the doubt ever. And you said it right there. That's a messed up situation. Baker Mayfield, he's coming on this ranking. He's, 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 we haven't talked to him. He ain't out of this. 
because of what you said. He's got a lot of things that are damn good. They've been in some crap situations, and Sam Darnold's been definitely in some crap situations. And don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. I, listen, Mike, I wouldn't be shocked if we went through four weeks and Sam Darnold was the quarterback and he was kicking butt and making plays, and they said, man, we like you, Brock Purdy, but Sam's on fire. We're just going to stay with that right now. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I think Darnold has that type of talent. Football is generally a meritocracy, and it definitely applies in San Francisco at the quarterback position. The best guy is going to play, period. Yeah. Now, slightly better than Sam Darnold on the list. While right. we're in San Francisco, let's stay in the quarterback room there. At number 26, the guy who came out of nowhere last year due to the various quarterback injuries, the last man drafted in 2022, is number 26. Here's Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy from yesterday talking about his timeline from recovery of that fluky elbow injury that happened in the NFC Championship game. It's not really a moving target. It's that only God knows, and it's all estimates. So it depends what quote people have got from me. But, I mean, we're hoping for week one, and I feel pretty optimistic about that. Um, that's what we're hoping for. He'll be ready to play in week one, and um, usually that doesn't mean that's the day he comes back. Usually you got to come before that to make that goal, and that's kind of the goal we're hoping for. And don't have any reason to think differently. I feel good. Arm is feeling good. Um, so to say I'm going to be ready by this time or this time, I just, you know, we're not trying to label any kind of timeline like that. For sure, though, like that's a that's a goal, right? To, um, you want to be ready for, you know, the season. And um, if that's the case, great. But um, like I said, we're just taking it one day at a time and don't want to say anything that, you know, we regret down the road or whatever. So. Kyle Shanahan slightly more optimistic than the time that he pointed out there was a chance Jimmy Garoppolo could be dead by Sunday. Oh yeah, he loved that. He loved that that uh, that phrase by you or that headline. He liked that one a lot. I could tell he you. He said it. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, watch your words. I mean, good lord, you're going to give us something that we're going to that we're going to just say this is low hanging fruit. And we're going to throw it away. My goodness. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Annoying headline. Annoying, annoying headline. headline alert. Shit. Annoying oh, headline. Boy, I'll write some annoying headline again, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I know what you're saying there. And hey, listen, right there, what you saw from Brock, Brock Purdy—that's why they like him. He's just, you know, he—he's—he's he's unflappable. It's just no deer in the headlights ever, right? Answers the questions the right way. He's not going to feel the pressure of the situation. It's just one day at a time, you know. And that—that's where it is. And you know, hey, Sam Darnold maybe has. Of some better physical abilities, but but you know, but not by much. I mean, this guy can play, Mike. You know, he can. He's got great feel in the pocket to scramble. That's the one thing going back and watching him. I forgot how many damn plays he made with his legs and his feet running out of the pocket and doing stuff like that. He's really special there. And then he's got a great feel for, like I talked about with Sam Darnold, who doesn't have a feel for the game sometimes and just lets it rip and plays like he's in the backyard all the time. Purdy has a, 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 a governor or an, an element to go, wait, this is aggressive and this is reckless. And that's where he's really good, too. So he's got a great feel there. He's awesome in the pocket, you know, can flick the ball as a thrower and throw and show you some different releases, can throw the ball under pressure and kind of just flick it. I wish his arm was a little tighter, right? 
you know, early on, maybe a hair conservative throwing the football and decisions and all that, but I think he was young and being careful. Now, there's a lot to like about Brock Purdy. I know Shanahan likes him, and, and I, I'm not as scared to, to, to say that out loud. He's got great confidence in this guy and the mentality and the physical ability, and uh, we'll see how quickly he can get healthy from this injury. Hard not to wonder what would have happened in the NFC Championship if he hadn't been injured. Hassan Reddick coming around the edge, hitting him early. The 49ers were yeah, arguably a better team. They were hot. They were. They were unaffected by being in Philadelphia. It could have been and would have been a very different day, obviously, if he doesn't get injured. And now you reset and yeah. you get healthy. Right. And you hope that you have a job when you are healthy because Sam Darnold may try to take it away. That's right. He's got he's got he's he's gonna have to work his butt off. He's got somebody there to push him. You know, they they got man, do they got the Eagles earmarked or got a uh, got them circled? I mean they man, between him and Debo Samuel, they want a piece of the the Eagles for sure. Uh but yeah, that was unfortunate. And you know, the the, the other thing too that really is surprising about a young quarterback when I went back and watched him. Man, Mike, he does like mature things. We know he's mature there behind the mic, but even as a quarterback, man, there's so many plays, Mike, where, you know, he kind of knows, he knows the coverage. He knows what's going to be open. He's got a good feel and his, his eyes, that's where he's great, Mike, like where he might have a guy open over here, right? He'll look here the whole way, look here so he can keep that window open and he looks and he looks and it's, Boom, and he throws it. And that's kind of more third, fourth-year quarterback type of stuff there that he's also very good at and you know why he had such good success last year. And, look, it's always important, especially when you have high expectations, to hit the ground running. Let's take a look at the 49ers' schedule and try to get an idea of which way this thing is going to go. They mm -hmm. start in Pittsburgh. That is not going to be easy for week one. It's never easy to play in Pittsburgh. Never. Then they go to the Rams. Short week, Giants. Cardinals there's some wins lurking there but there's some tough games that that week five showdown with the Cowboys on NBC and Peacock by the way exclusive home of wildcard playoff game January 13 8 p.m. Eastern 820 I think uh, I digress but the 49ers can you know they look they're they, they are one of the best teams in the NFC and there's wins there just because they are the 49ers. It's what the Bengals said last year. They have to play us. Right. All those teams have right. to play the 49ers. And when the 49ers are coming, you better be ready because you know they're going to be physical. They're going to be talented. They're going to be tough to beat. Can they hit the ground running, though, Mike? That's like you said. Can they do that? That's the big question, right? That's the, you know. Uh, that's that could be the difference in why they didn't go to the Super Bowl the last two years. Having to go on the road in the NFC Championship game, kind of a slow start the first half of the year, and then having to come along at the end of the year and get hot, and we know they're one of the best teams in the football, but can this year, can they hit the ground running and maybe challenge a Philadelphia for the number one seat to where they can get them there or get, you know, whoever it is there? Uh, I think that's that's got to be something they got to look at too because that, that certainly has hurt them the last two years. They play all the teams of the NFC East, and they play all the teams of the, what, AFC what? AFC North. Yeah. You've got Steelers, Browns, Ravens, right. Bengals over the course of the year. So that, that's a factor in uh, how difficult or easy a schedule is and how well you can pad your record to put yourself in position and maybe get that by. It helps that the Rams and Cardinals are down. That helps. That division was stacked not that long ago, the first year – of the three wildcard teams in each conference, we were musing about the possibility yeah. of the a of the NFC West sending all four. So half that division has fallen off, which makes 
what would have been four very difficult games a little easier, but still, divisional games always have a little extra spice to them, even when the teams are quote-unquote bad. So, yeah. look, the 49ers are, are still one of the best teams. Quarterback position, critical. It's going to be Purdy or Darnold. We haven't seen Lance yet. I have a feeling Lance he, he doesn't coming. land higher. No. I have a feeling Lance, the third overall pick in the draft in 2021, did not make the top 40. He did not. He did not. You know, It was a year where you know, usually I have like 46 or 47 guys where I look at it and go, okay, wait, now i got to figure it out and whittle it down to 40. This year I had more. Uh, Lance was a part of that next group, but yeah. You know, where he is, lack of playing time, the things that we've seen have been issues in his development, whether it's seeing the field, throwing the appropriate balls, the mechanics of throwing the football. There's no way I can put him in the top 40 right now. Uh, by the way, on the way out, Isaac Hurtado posted a comment on one of our YouTube videos right. regarding the 49ers. We have mentioned that they are cursed, specifically at the quarterback position. Funny you say the 49ers stadium is cursed for quarterbacks because my uncle actually threw his old Jamarcus Russell jersey in the cement mix when they were building that stadium. I don't quite get it because it's not a Raiders stadium, but I guess he's I guess saying like the they cursed them with the their 49ers. bad quarterback and now you're cursed with that one. It's like it's under the thoughts of, you know, Jimmy Hoffa's in the concrete at the old Giants stadium, right? It's one of those, I guess. I don't know. Well, Jamarcus <laughs> Russell should consider himself lucky that it's just the jersey and not Jamarcus Russell that is in the concrete. <laughs> yes, you should Levi be lucky State. that you're alive and not <laughs> – you should be lucky to be alive. Yes, thank you, Jamarcus Russell. By the way, I don't know if you watched the movie The Irishman that was, I think, debuted on Netflix. I never watched back, it, no. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Al Pacino. It's based on the book I Heard You Paint Houses and the guy that it focuses on – a career mobster that was involved in all sorts of stuff he claims he's the one that killed jimmy hoff and i guess they chopped him up somewhere that he was not buried at, at old giant stadium uh but uh, clearly gone and never seen again and it was some 50 years ago safe to say he met his demise back in those days but not in a football stadium or at least not under the concrete in a football stadium let's take a break ben roethlisberger recently admitted that he was not rooting for the guy who comes next on the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. We'll talk about Kenny Pickett when PFT Live continues right after this. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while a lot of things have changed since then, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker Oats. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors and varieties. Whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker fruit fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker oats in your local grocery store. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. I wouldn't say that I, I wanted Kenny to necessarily fail, but like, you know, when someone comes to replace you, you're like, you know, I, feel, I still feel like I had it. Like, my hope he doesn't come like ball out because then it's like Ben who, right? <laughs> right? But honestly, I think it's as, as like, as you started playing and, and like, I, I, I found myself rooting more and more for you. I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad that I was wrong in the sense of, of where I had you. I thought you'd be a quarterback that was good, that was going to come in. I, I think you're the future of this team. I really do. A magnanimous moment from Ben Roethlisberger, former starter of the Pittsburgh Steelers, admitting what I think many former players carry around in them. When you are the most recent great, whether you're part of the great team, you were the great player, there's always a level of tension. You want to support the team that you played for, but when that team wins a Super Bowl or when that team sprouts a great player at the position you played, you move a step down. You become forgotten. You become closer to irrelevant when the current edition of the team is producing great players, great results, great outcomes. And I think a lot of guys think that way. And I respect Ben Roethlisberger for admitting it. Yeah, I do too. I'm with you there. It's it's the competitive nature. It's it's just you know not you know not wanting your legacy to be forgotten so quickly, right? There's a lot of people that think that. A lot of players that think that. It, it's Hey, it's it's cool that Big Ben was you know cool enough to be honest about that. I'm sure it was mixed emotions for him and his family last year, and yeah, closing the door. And you know, you talked about it earlier. Quarterbacks, players, they got great confidence in themselves. He starts still thinking, hey, wait, I could go out there and do that, and that's just not easy to deal with. So uh, yeah, cool for him for sh- for sharing that. And so after one year, Kenny Pickett makes it all the way to number 25 on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown he was the only rookie last year to make it it was a down year for rookie quarterbacks he was the only first round quarterback in 2022 there were no second rounders the next they came was in round three with Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis not necessarily in that order so what do we expect this year and what did you see that got him to land you know in an area where uh not as high as it could be yeah but Obviously higher than he was last yeah, year. Yeah, it's going in the right direction. It is. We need to see more, right? You know, we gotta I gotta see him grow as a player. The team's gotta help him out a little bit too around him. Uh, you know, they got offensive line issues, not running the ball all that great, all of that. That's the first thing that you jumps out with you with Kenny Pickett. Mike, how many times last year did we talk about Kenny Pickett throwing the ball under pressure? Man, he is awesome in the pocket. And I'm about to get hit, but I see this guy going to get open. I'm going to anticipate it and put the ball here. The pocket's collapsing. No big deal. I'll stand in there and make the throw. He's a very good athlete. Much better athlete than I thought he was going to be. And a better athlete than I even gave him credit for going into this process. Like you see there. The dude can play backyard football. He can do all of that. You know, and why he was in the top 40 last year. And, and for those reasons, yeah, he was the most NFL ready. And he showed that. 
You know, him and Brock Purdy, of course, but Purdy had the 49ers and a little help there from a great offensive mind. But yeah, Pickett, you know, sees the field. He's tough. He's, you know, like I said, throws great under pressure. He's extremely accurate in the five to 10 yard range, Mike. Some things he's got to improve on. He's got to improve on deep ball throwing and the power play throw, right? That, that, that's for sure. When he steps on the gas and really tries to throw the heater, he can lose control of the football. You can see the spin kind of all get messed up, and he lose a little accuracy there. That's certainly something he can improve on a little bit, and then maybe protecting himself a little bit better too and not being so fearless in the pocket to where it leads to big hits and more concussions. But a lot of good from Kenny Pickett in year one. Two concussions last year largely overlooked because Tua Tonga-Vailoa became the guy who was associated with concussions because they happened in big settings, controversial circumstances, back injury when right. he was wobbling all over the place. But we, we didn't talk much about Pickett and his two concussions. He had one and came back, boom, right away. And I think was it was like a Sunday night game when they were playing the Dolphins because that was like kind of the dotted line comparison, That's if I right. recall correctly. Right, you're a chance. right. A chance I don't. But, uh, look, you need to protect yourself. Even though he's larger than a Tua Tonga-Vailoa, you still need to avoid taking those hits. One thing he's overcome, and he talked to Roethlisberger about this during the podcast appearance, hand size. And he admitted that multiple teams told him, you're off our draft board. I don't know why they're wasting their time talking to him if he was off the draft board. But we, we talked about size of Bryce Young. Now, his hands aren't an issue. He's got nine and three-quarter-inch hands, I believe. Kenny Pickett is south of nine. There are teams, and this is a matter of personnel evaluation analytics, and it's been around for a long time. If you're below a certain height, below a certain weight, your hand size is below a certain measurement, you're off the board. We're not going to play that game. We're not going to take that chance. Yes, there's a chance you'll still be good, but we've decided that's the cutoff. Yeah. Below that, we're not rolling the dice. Right. We'd rather roll the dice on somebody who's got measurables that fall within our preferred range, and we're just not going to take you if you're under nine inches. And yeah. it still is glaring. Yeah. When you see his hands on the football it's small. with his body, because he's a pretty tall guy, right. it makes smaller hands stand out. And, yeah. and any photo I see of with those white gloves on the football, it it, it is a little conspicuous yeah his hands just don't seem to be as big as they should be and no. look is it an issue it wasn't last year I think it's only an issue when you're running around holding the ball just like we talked about earlier trying to dunk the smaller your hands are the more likely that ball's coming out Dante Culpepper had small hands for his size right and he had a lot of fumbles yeah that ball's more likely to come out you're going to lose grip of it if your hand's smaller Definitely. it's simple it's yeah. just basic right yeah now he's been playing with this glove for a long time right so he's used to it too. That's why I didn't make it as big a deal as maybe I would have normally, right? That's that's a small hand, but you do see it, Mike. You know, again, like he doesn't have the hand all the time to do this stuff, right? We see Mahomes and Josh Allen, and they just can almost flick it. You don't see a lot of flick it type of throws from him because the hand is not big enough just to manipulate the ball that way. Also, I see the glove affecting things. Like the glove is good for him, obviously he does well, but. The glove, as I know, when you try to flick it or sometimes when you try to grip it a little tighter and put, I'm going to put some heat on this one, it can get stuck in your hand. The, you, you've made, you talk about the glove all the time. It, it's almost not fair. You can have throws where you know you grip it a little tighter and the ball actually kind of sticks to your hand to a degree and it doesn't come out the way. and It might be a wobble or a duck. You, you see some of those on tape from him. But you know, all in all, he knows how to control the football. 
and life wasn't as easy for him as a guy like Brock Purdy in San Francisco. I mean, Kenny Pickett had to make one NFL throw after another. When you break it down, it's a lot of, you know, tight window slant, back shoulder throw. He showed a clutch factor to run the two-minute offense that I like. You know, there's a lot of good there from Kenny Pickett. I don't know if he can ever be a superstar, but I think he'd be a real good quarterback for a long time. You know, we had that graphic up earlier in the show of the odds to win the Super Bowl, and the Steelers, I don't believe, were on it. There's just something about the Steelers in a year when the expectations are low and they're not being discussed and they aren't really a team anyone is circling. And I've never, and I've lived I've never heard you say this. Never heard it. Never. Yeah, I yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> Why don't you just jump you, ship? I'm telling you, I never what, give up on. If we uh, if not, we counted if we counted through the year, it's right? Too late. And it's too like late. if we went through the year and said positive things said life. about the Vikings or the Steelers, you'd it'd be like a thousand to a hundred on positives versus the Steelers and the Vikings. But you're a Vikings fan. I don't get it. Just you live there. Change it. Jump jump ship. Forget it. We'll give it up on the Vikings. Come on. Move on. <laughs> yeah, it's too late for that. It's like giving up on your family. Once you have really, and that's why we all love sports and we have passion for sports. We don't just randomly trip into, hey, gee, I, this is an interesting game. I'll watch it, even though I have no interest in who ultimately prevails in the game. You're going to have a rooting interest. It's natural. It's normal. You turn on a game, and that's what's going to happen. And I've lived around Pittsburgh my whole life. I had to be different. I had to be a contrarian. What a shock that made me to soccer when I was a little kid. Everybody, you got to be a Steelers fan. Well, I don't want to be a Steelers fan. Why? Because you're telling me I have to be. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. What a dumbass I was because I would have really enjoyed the 70s. And you know what, folks? You wouldn't be dealing with me because I probably never would have tripped into this business if I had gotten my fandom satisfied in the 70s. Instead, it was frustrated. Hey, Pete. That's not, I, Pete, Pete, it's not funny. Pete uh. thinks he's funny. Pete's telling jokes now while I'm trying to talk. Uh. Hey, Pete. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's too late for that. All right. And it's getting late for us. We need to take a break. Right. Jalen Waddle promises to run some people over this year. Just don't run over to a Tonga Vailoa. More PFT Live right after this. Jalen Water wearing an orange jersey. That is not a don't touch him, he's injured jersey. That is a jersey that Mike McDaniel, coach of the team, is giving out for the player who has the best practice the day before. First day of OTAs, Waddle gets it. And he's a little bigger. He's got more of a Waddle to him. He acknowledged yesterday that he has put on some weight. He wouldn't say how much. He had some fun with it. When I run somebody over, you'll see. He asked one reporter if they want to arm wrestle when he continued to be asked about his weight gain. But you know, it's not like he's puffy. He was 5'10", 182. That's what he's listed at. I don't know how much he's gained there. Maybe he's up to 187, 190. I don't know, Chris. But, you know, you put on a little extra armor. It doesn't affect your speed if it's all muscle. Right. And you're ready for the week-in and week-out grind of playing in the NFL. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Right? He's a smaller guy. You said it. You listed his measurables. He, he got banged up a little bit last year. He plays a game where... He's over the middle a lot. We know that's where the Dolphins throw the football, you know, or it's a screen and he's in the scrum there and he's got to make people miss and he's got to take shots there. And he's a he's a physical freak. We know guys like that, they can put on five pounds of muscle in a hurry and, and really not and, and become faster. 
that that's where those guys can be scary. So uh, good to good to see he made made those adjustments. And look, they're trying to make the team better. Everybody on the team is trying to get better. One of the things they're trying to do is keep Tua Tonga-Vailoa healthier. We have talked multiple times this offseason about his efforts to learn how to fall without striking his helmet on the turf. He initially said that he is practicing judo. It's actually jujitsu. Mike McDaniel cleared that up for us at the scouting combine. Here is McDaniel talking about Tua's experiences with and what he's gaining from the practice of jujitsu. The work that they that he's done this offseason, um, it was so obviously beneficial that we've incorporated it into uh, some of our drill work that we'll do with the quarterbacks. When you think about it, you, you have so much coaching that goes into where you stand in the huddle, how you deliver the play call, um, uh, your pre-snap um, process and how you diagnose things into the play. You're coaching all this stuff, and then you have a throw and an impending hit, and then we just stop talking. You know that that's where my training was um, as a coach up until this point, and so training um, follow through and how to how to um, protect yourself while getting hit so that you can continue to play is something that's applicable for everyone. Yeah, it's a great point. And it becomes even more clear when you've got a guy who's smaller, a guy who is taking those hits and a guy who has had multiple concussions because of those hits. So they need to do it. It's necessity. And it's something that I think more teams should be yeah, looking at right. to avoid these issues. You don't want to wait and do it after you have a quarterback that has concussion issues because he's being hit after he's thrown the ball. You want to add that to the coaching, and it's an excellent point. You coach all the way through the throw, and then it's over. You need to coach beyond the throw, including what to do after a turnover. You need to coach beyond the throw. Lay down. Don't go try to make a tackle and ruin your season and our season in the process. No, I, I mean, it, it is. It's, you know, he, he, he put it a good way. You know, it's it's coaches are, are so detailed. They coach everything, right? And that's one area where, yeah, it's kind of gone like, ah, it's part of the game. You hitting the ground, and it, it kind of got overlooked. And and it's it's good to make that adjustment. You're right. They've had to make that adjustment, but I could see this being something that catches on. One of the most uncomfortable things about playing quarterback is the I don't get hit or touched and to wait, now I'm in a position where everybody wants to rip my head off and they're trying to knock me the hell out of the game, right? And you're like, whoa, it's the anxiousness of that. And what's it going to feel like to get hit? And, man, I'm not conditioned to it. And, you know, we've talked about this where, yeah, getting used to that, getting that first hit, getting a few hits and hitting the ground. And, oh, okay, okay. I remember what it feels like. Okay, I, I know how to get down or get out of harm's way here and all of that. And why not practice it a little bit? Why why not? Why not take that part of the game out of it at the quarterback so you don't have to worry about it and think about it so much, you know, leading up to that first preseason game? We both pride ourselves on being, to a certain extent, football historians. I do not know when the game changed from the quarterback is out there as part of every other element of practice yeah. every other player right. to basically putting him in the equivalent of a pope mobile on yeah. the field where no one can touch him middle like, 80s i feel like a thing? i feel like it was like early to middle 80s is when it really started to change 
And I've heard stories like my dad, I think he had some training camps where the quarterback was live at a few times early on in his career where he was like, whoa, we're going live here, right? I, I, I feel like it, it got into maybe the Elway, Montana, Marino era there where it was like, whoa, 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 hey, whoa, that's the franchise there. Get the F away from that guy. I, I feel like that, but I don't, I don't know that for sure. You know, we got to look that up. Yeah, because look, there was a time when – you know, I, I remember in the 70s, the shift from quarterback calling his own plays all the time to yep. they took that away from him. Right. Tom Landry started shuttling in the receiver with the next play. They couldn't communicate. It would happen that way. Just the, the quarterback position changed right. and it became more important, even though it became less important to the decisions made as to what the play is going to be. It became more important to the execution of those plays. And that's when teams started to put the quarterbacks in the red jerseys, and you're right. They're not ready to be hit. They're not ready to learn how to fall. That's one of the questions I had when we saw that Tua Tagovailoa was doing this. Nothing you do is going to fully approximate what it's like to try to protect yourself in a game. So even the stuff he's doing now, it's still not the same. No, it's not the same, doing but it. at least it's something. Yeah, right. It's not the same. Nothing, nothing, can, nothing can replicate the power of Miles Garrett hitting you around the edge. There's just there's nothing they can do that in, in practice or a coach with a pad or whatever else. But at least you can go through some of the body motions there and start to train and process in the brain a little bit the thoughts you should have as you're going to the ground or about to be hit. There's a fine line between creative outside-the-box thinking and just plain nutty. But I can't help but wonder whether or not Mike McDaniel has pondered the possibility of having Tua live in some practices. Mm. I, I, right? We want to get him ready. We want to know if this works. We don't want to find out if it works in week one. I doubt that they would do it because the last thing that McDaniel would want to have hanging on him is Tua got a concussion in practice right. because I took the red jersey off of him. Right. But I have to think McDaniel, a smart guy, has at least gone through what we just went through. Yeah. The yeah. mental gymnastics, pros and cons, pluses and minuses. And there are some pluses to it, but the minuses outweigh it, I think. Yeah, I, I, definitely. I, I think you're right. I think, you know, for one, just, you know, for Mike McDaniel's own sake, like you said, if that happened, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of. Man, distractions, answering questions, a fan base calling them a bunch of, you know, calling them an idiot because, you know, what are you doing letting Tua, you know, get hit during practice, all that. Hopefully they can continue to find drills and things like that that can be as good as it can get until you get out there for live action. Yeah, and then you can't get Tom Brady either because he's going to be an owner of the Raiders now. That would be awkward if he's playing for the <laughs> Dolphins and he's a part owner of the Raiders. So that ship has sailed. Let's go ahead and take a break. Some injury updates unrelated to Tonga Bailoa, including something that I never thought we'd be saying in late May. Damar Hamlin back on the practice. Woohoo! Get to live right after this. I want to I want to be here for my team when they need me the most, and I feel like late in the season when when really got tough, I wasn't able to be there because I was injured. So the most important thing for me is just to be available when my team really needs me. Um, if that's week one, then I'll be happy for that. If that's week six, I'll be happy for that. But it won't be 
I guarantee it won't be any later than that. Sounds like physically unable to perform list is where Von Miller will be starting training camp and maybe staying there. Week six is when the window opens to return. He had that weird injury last year on Thanksgiving. They said it was a PCL at first, not an ACL. He's only going to be gone a few weeks. He self-diagnosed like a three-week absence, something like that. Next thing you know, ACL's torn. He's out for the year. And we've talked a few times about how maybe this has made Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills, a little bit hesitant to go all in, especially for a guy like Odo Beckham Jr. when you've got a pair of torn ACLs. You spent the money on Vaughn Miller. He was the missing piece. You were using him sparingly. At least that was the plan. And then, boom, it happens. Season over. One of the big pieces to put the Bills over the top is gone. They need him back this year, Chris, if they want to be what they can be. Definitely need him back. I mean, you know, just again, like we've hit on the AFC so much, but the division itself, you know, the the dealing with the Dolphins offense and Tua and Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I mean, yeah, pass rush is going to be imperative to beat those football teams. And like to what we've said a lot about Buffalo bike, and that's where it just stunk that it happened last year is, you know, they got a lot of good players, but there's, I, we think there's a lack of great players or guys that can go above and beyond and make things happen. And he was one of those guys. And that's what they lost at the end of the year last year, or, you know, around Thanksgiving. Uh, so hopefully he can come back and be somewhat close to what he was and, and dominate some football games for Buffalo when they need it most towards the end of the season. We always expect that Von Miller would be back on the evening of January 2, 2023. The last thing we expected was DeMar Hamlin back this quickly. He was expired on the field. Heart stopped. CPR necessary. He was out of it for a few days. It was touch and go. We didn't know that he was going to be okay, much less ever play football again. And then the sound started to creep out. There was a doctor from the NFLPA that said, I fully expect him to play again. The NFL was a little more cautious. And then one little piece at a time, here we are. DeMar Hamlin cleared back on the field. There he is at OTA practice. An amazing development. Unexpected. One of the most unexpected twists that I've seen. All he's got to do is put on a uniform and step on a field one time in the regular season, and he's the comeback player of the year for 2023. (laughs) You're probably right about that. You're right. I mean, it's an amazing story. It really is. It's awesome to see. It's great for the Bills organization. Unbelievable for DeMar Hamlin. You know, again, I hope it shows people, too, what jumps out to me is just, hey, football players love playing football. They do, and this is one of those guys. That's He misses the sport. Here he is, dead on a field. Here we are five months later, the first chance he could get on the practice field, and he's like, please, I want on badly. I want on badly. I know, you know the feeling. I've been there. You know, Not that I was dead, but I was dying, and I still was like, damn, I can't wait to get back out there on that football field. That's, I'm sure, awesome for his physical and mental recovery and his quality of life. So, so happy for DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, unbelievable uh, turn of events. And uh, one of the stories we'll be watching as the season begins and uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, who had developed into a key piece of that Bills defense, will be back and, and ready to help that team Try to get over the top in 2023. We're going to take a break. A new rule change for 2023 from the special teams category that special teams coaches will not like. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. (laughs) 
Howie Roseman, the PFT executive of the year. He's back in a studio with real. Is that real brick or is that fake brick to your right? You know, it's definitely fake brick. Um, but I think the con of the brick, the whole motif really works for this studio. I personally, over this kind of softer time during the summer, I would love to see a Mike Florio Cribs. I'd, I'd love to see that, you know, like with with your cars, through Come your down. house. Come I would down. Love, Come I would down. Love it's it. not that far. Come down and we can talk about Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> Thanks for having me, my man. Oh, we talked about Jonathan Gannon a little bit, a little bit the other day. He has great talking points that he recites almost verbatim when he's asked about Jonathan Gannon. And I said to him, do you not realize when you do that, it makes people like me believe even more strongly there's a hell of a lot more to this story than anyone is ever going to tell us? That's when he accused me of being a conspiracy theorist. Uh-huh. That's and good. That's when he's, yeah. He's, postscript to that. Yeah. We've, we've gone back and forth, and, and he's going to read JFK and the unspeakable yes. this summer. Because you bring it on. on to Let's the go. ultimate conspiracy theory, the CIA killed jfk yeah i uh, guess i that's uh, awesome man got another person reading it that's uh, we can have a little book club here in the nfl when it's all said and all said and done well he, he 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 he's like he's probably you know he's he's very good at deflecting or you know being kind of snarky sarcastic whatever that way he probably likes that you're throwing this stuff out there he can say whatever he wants but the way he answers that and stuff i'm with you i think that it's all like there's something went on and it was much more serious than we all know he's very cautious about creating sound bites i asked him earlier in the interview about playing the Giants twice in three weeks, week 16, week 18. Do you like that or do you not like that? And he gave me a non-answer. And I said, you either like it or you don't. Why can't you say you like it or you don't like it? And we, we had some fun there as well. It was a spirited but fun interview. And it's funny, you know, some of the mouth breathers on Twitter are, are, are making it into something more than it was. It was an open, candid conversation. And folks out there, football fans out there, you should want people who will press a little bit, not people who will incessantly kiss the asses of the people they interview. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yes. And, um, you know, you guys could have talked. You could have said, like, hey, wait, I got right. flake, fake Florida rock right here. You got the fake rock. You guys could have made that in, com- you know, in common. <laughs> Pete, the next time you give me a directive with the F word in it, I am saying exactly what you said word for word. Anything you say into my ear is coming out of my mouth. Okay. The NFL, to the chagrin of special teams, coaches everywhere, implemented the NCAA rule that gives the receiving team on a kickoff the ball at the 25 for a fair catch between the goal line and the 25. The idea, again, make the most dangerous play in football safer. How? By having fewer iterations of it. So the next step in minimizing the kickoff minimizing special teams, maximizing player safety by minimizing the kinds of collisions that can result in concussions. And I'm all for that. I just don't like the artificial ways that they're carving around it. Just get rid of the kickoff and come up with something else if you're going to play these games that are aimed at having fewer kick returns, Chris. I I, I don't disagree with you totally there. I, I, I think this is the end of the kickoff and the kickoff return, basically. I would think that we're going to see the numbers dramatically fall down now because of this rule. You know, one of the reasons teams looked at that, wait, I'm going to catch the ball at the three-yard line, right? I don't want to fair catch it. We know we can get to the 20 from there. 
So we're going to do that and see what else more we can get. Maybe we can get a good return and get to the 30 or 35. Now they're going to be more of like, hey, 25 is good. Damn. All we need to do is get about 30 yards, and we're in field goal position here for most kickers in the NFL. So that's where it changes it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's almost the death of the kickoff and the kick return right there. But then comes the Bill Belichick twist. I talked about this yesterday with the third quarterback rule. How will the smart coaches try to take this to their advantage? And one of the arguments against it is now you will see special teams coordinators and head coaches telling their kickers to squib it more often, to try to kick the ball in a way that makes it in play, harder to handle. What if you try to, you know, just some kind of unconventionally kick ball that you try to fair catch and you muff it. So... I, I, it may have some unintended consequences, may. and it could get interesting if we see some creative coaches try to do different things. I, I think so. May, but I don't know. You know, the, the squib kick's tough. Kickers don't have great control, right? We've seen a lot of teams who got away from the squib kick at the end of the game, right? Because they go, they kick it into somebody, and you go, oh no, now they have the ball at midfield. So I think that would be risky. We're done. Enjoy your Wednesday. See ya, everybody, on Thursday. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.